Greetings and welcome again, podcast listeners, both of the PPRL and Fancy Variety. Welcome back, and we are here with our second part of the Oscar podcast, and this time we actually watched the movies and the Oscars actually happened, so we actually have things to talk about with knowledge. As uh, was the case before, I'm here with my lovely roommate and wife, Jennifer Murphy. Say hello, Jen. Roommate joke never gets old for you, does it? It never does. It never does. I feel tricked, but I am back. You shouldn't feel tricked. I, you knew what you were signing up for when we, at least eventually after the first one. Uh, and, and here we go. Um, I'm really excited because we have just so much to talk about. Uh, I do also want to say, off the bat, um, for this one, we are going to talk about the Best Picture nominees pretty extensively. And so there will be spoilers for the people who haven't seen them, which obviously mostly excludes the fancy listeners, um, but does include uh you know most of uh the pprl league so i will after this is done being recorded i will make um timestamps and i will make sure everyone aware of when we are discussing different movies so that you can avoid spoilers so i can just talk about all the exciting twist endings that happened this year with just impunity exactly i plan on just going completely unrestricted discussion of all of the movies so uh first there's the uh, elephant in the room, the thing everyone wants to talk about, um, the reason everyone really downloaded this podcast episode, and that's to talk about video games. What? Um, there's a couple of important things that have to be discussed right off the bat. First of all... I don't think I need to be here for this. First of all, um, I do want you to know uh, the Nintendo Switch comes out tomorrow. This is being recorded on uh, Thursday, March 2nd, uh, the day before the Nintendo Switch. So I just want to hear uh, your level of excitement for that development. Me? Zero. Yeah, mm-hmm. My excitement level is zero. Okay, great. And also, I wanted to put you on the spot and ask why, after just all of the offers, uh, and, and maybe even after all of the times I implored you, why haven't you played hours and hours of Resident Evil 7 in virtual reality. Is that that game that you've been playing at night that looks absolutely terrifying? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, because I don't like scary things, and it looks awful. It's super good. I finished it, um, and it's... Well, I finished the main plot, I guess, and it's really good. It was, it was the most complete uh, VR experience I have. It, it was very good start to finish. Uh, the ending did taper off a little bit but it was still very high quality and i just think everyone should try it who has access including you you guys if i see like a scary movie trailer that i shut my eyes for most of it i can't like sleep properly for like a week so scary vr games are just never going to be on the menu for me just ever that's really disappointing and you're wrong but anyway, I just wanted to... Uh, I'm wrong about how I get scared. Yep, exactly. Okay. I just wanted to uh, really knock that out of the park right away to make sure we maintained all of our audience. Uh, but now let's let's dive right into the movies, shall we? Um, so since we recorded last time, we participated in both the first and second weekends of the uh, Best Picture Marathon at AMC Theaters. And so we've seen all nine of the Best Picture nominees. Which I, I have something to say about that, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, Patrick reported back to me a little bit about the reaction to the podcast. First of all, he was very disappointed in the fancy listeners for not emailing at all. There was there were zero emails from there, the fancy listeners. There were zero emails about the podcast episode from the Fancy League. And as of last count, it is Thursday night. On the order of 95 emails from the PPRL League. Right. 
So anyway, um, but he did tell me that the PPRL that we just yep. mm-hmm. PPRL league uh, expressed some uh, judgment about our ability to sit through this many movies. Was that? Um, I mean, not judgment of us, but more just saying like I would rather you know shove steak knives through my eyes. Sorts. Of okay, thing. so here's the thing. First of all, it's actually really delightful, and I think it's difficult to explain to somebody who hasn't done it how surprisingly quickly it goes. The first year that we did the movie marathon, we could only convince two people to come with us, Casey and Annalisa, and everybody else looked at us like we were crazy. And then after Casey and Annalisa went and said, hey, you guys, actually, it's not that bad. I think they actually only went for one day. Um, We only went one day the first time. Okay, so then there you go. Slowly, we convinced everybody else to start going. And everybody, after their first year, is like, oh, my God, hey, that was nothing. I think there's something about watching movies in a theater. It's just a totally different thing. You're very absorbed. You get your little breaks. It's kind of like a fun hangout. I don't know. I'm into it. Also, these are generally high quality movies. Um, you know, it's not just like you're going through a marathon of just like average like summer blockbuster movies or something. You're going through like, you know, award nominated movies that are we'll talk about the quality. Not all of them are actually great. Um, but, uh, but I think that helps a lot. And also lately we've been going to movie theaters with like really comfortable reclining seats and food and they just really, uh, make it very comfortable to sit there. And super, super lame trivia and high schoolers wearing prom dresses for no apparent reason. But you know. Yeah. AMC has some issues, I will say. (laughs) Um, but, but overall it's still a great experience and I highly recommend it. Uh, the one thing is it's very annoying to get tickets every year. So if you want to go, you have to really be on top of it. But it's worth going, and you guys should think about it. Anyway, um, I you asked me how I liked the movie marathon this year in general. I I think I was uh, we had different experiences with this. I was kind of down on it after day one, but I really enjoyed day two. And you had the opposite feeling. Um, I wouldn't say I was down on day two. I I just liked day one more than day two. I I, I liked both days though. So. Okay. Well, overall, I thought it was uh, you know I, every year is good. it's a mixed bag. There's always a couple movies we think are ridiculous and shouldn't be there. And we will get into that. I'm sure. Yeah. So, uh, with that, if you recall, uh, to our loyal listeners with the first half of this preview, we went through all of the movies and, uh, predicted what each other would rate the movies. And I have that little spreadsheet here. Well, don't let me see it. Cause I don't remember what our ratings were. Okay. Then don't look at this screen right in front of you. By design. Okay. So, uh, first was Manchester. I'll just do in the order that we had them from the website before. It's not the exact order that we saw the movies, but it's pretty close. Anyway, Manchester by the Sea, Metacritic of ninety six. Uh, you predicted that I would give. Wait, it no, a- no. Shouldn't we say what we actually give it, and then we talk about what we predicted? Okay, sure. What do you? I don't remember. What do you give it, Jen? Uh, I would give it an eight or a nine. Well, which one? I am not going to be able to get. I, I have too many thoughts. I'm still okay. processing. All right. Uh, so I'll give you an eight then, just to be conservative. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to tie me down to a specific. All right, number. fine, whatever. Eight or nine. Uh, so I give it a nine. Uh, I was re- I was also between an eight and a nine, and I eventually sided on a nine. I thought it was really great. Um, you predicted that I would like it an eight, and I predicted that you would like it a seven. So that's I'm fair sorry, six, because six. going in, there was a lot of hype and I expected it to be just like needlessly depressing and terrible, but it was actually really well done. I still fucking hate Casey Affleck and I'm not going back on that. And I think his acting performance was 
good but overrated because it basically just consisted of him brooding in silence for an entire movie which is fine but I don't understand why that's so impressive to everyone um but yeah just like really 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 well done for what it was I do want to like knock a couple points off because a point or two as it were uh just because it's clearly like a slice of life movie where it's just like not necessarily it's just kind of taking like here's just this moment in time portrayed very well that is all like it's, it's a very limited scope and I do feel like it is easier to be as good as it was in that context i think that's fair yeah i i also thought it was obviously super depressing and with some tough competition easily still the most depressing movie of the nominated pictures this year i just Um, didn't stop crying yeah the whole movie guys you should have seen like our group so we had seven people the first week and there were a lot of puffy faces uh after this movie anyway um Anyway, it was it was really good, really well written, really well acted. Um, I did think Casey Affleck was good. I didn't think he was. I, I agree that it was like one of those where someone is so beaten down that they're n- playing like numbness, you know. And it seems kind of easy to play numb from being wrecked with grief and that sort of thing. Um, so to some extent, I do discredit the uh, the the portrayal, but. Uh, it was still super good. I really liked the writing. It, and it also, surprisingly, had some pretty funny parts, too. Oh, it was um, very funny. Lots of laugh crying. And the happened. the guy who played the kid, uh, he was nominated in Best Supporting Actor, and he was amazing, I thought. He, I, the kid was super good. Uh, Michelle Williams was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress, and I thought she was really good. Although, weirdly, the one scene that everyone points to as like her amazing acting performance was the one time during the entire movie where I was distracted and felt like it was being overacted. I agree entirely. So that was played at the uh, Oscars for her clip, and she was like, like bawling, crying, talking about how you know she was hurting, but she knew that Casey Affleck was still hurting and and whatnot. Um, and yeah, she it was like much more over the top than the rest of the movie. Um, and I, I didn't love that There's scene. Something about her voice, the accent, or something. Yeah, and but then, the rest of the movie, I thought she was great. Uh, and the only other thing that I really didn't like about the movie was when they had the over-the-top uh, dream sequence where he... So, oh, that's okay, right. spoilers. So, yeah, spoilers, as I said. Um, the movie... See, I don't think this is necessarily an effective way for... Like, how many people that are listening to this have watched these movies? This is going to be, like, completely worthless to most of your league's listeners. Our league will be fine. A fair amount of my league watches movies, Jen. <laughs> Uh, don't discredit <laughs> their cultural awareness. No, I mean, Thank they you. They just may not have gotten around to They're it. They're not yet. a bunch of just cavemen okay, all playing right, football. Fine. Whatever. Okay. Spoil away. So um, the movie is particularly depressing because it involves the burning death of children. Uh, so that was sad. And uh, it was, and it's a, you know, Jen and I are new parents. And so it's probably a bit extra uh, sensitive. And But then uh, at the end of the movie, there's a scene where he's sleeping and he has a dream and he wakes up and one of his dead kids says we're burning can't you smell it and then there's like smoke in the actual house and that was like the other thing besides the michelle williams scene that actually really bothered me about the movie but overall super super good yeah i always struggle with coming up with a review or rating for movies like this where it's like very well executed but kind of like the whole thing feels a little nihilistic um i don't know it was it was really good. I am a little bit uh, baffled when I hear some of the when I've read some of the critic reviews and when I've like we were listening to Sports Guy the other night and people talking about how it's going to like stick with them for years. Like I actually feel this is going to be a pretty forgettable movie. I don't think anyone will be talking about it um, a couple years from now. Again, very well executed, but I just don't think it's got 
uh, enough like underlying substance to really stick around. I will say, um, spoiler for this podcast, uh, it was comfortably my favorite movie of all the nominated movies. I think it was my second favorite movie. Okay, so what's next? Fences was the next one we went down in the original order. Did you like Fences? I did not especially like Fences. I thought it was well acted, um, but it was kind of overly acted, and I didn't really like the movie, and I definitely felt like I was watching a play. Yeah, I like I feel completely paralyzed by that movie. Like I I hated the experience of watching it. I mean, maybe that's a little bit strong, but it was by far even even the movies that we watched that were way way worse. I enjoyed watching more. Fences was kind of a slog and it was painful. Um, I think part of what you said is right that it just it was probably a very very good play, and I don't know if the adaptation helped it. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it doesn't always translate. Um to the screen although interestingly as i mentioned in the previous episode it was adapted by the original playwright uh, so it wasn't like someone was interpreting his, his work but i just think you know sometimes when there's a play that is adapted into a movie it just it, it just is so obvious that it used to be a play just all of the the long monologues and the just you know just pouring out the emotion for extended periods of time which is weird because i ke- i kept thinking while i was watching it that if i were at the play of that movie that I would have liked it. And I don't know why that would be the case. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's a reasonable, I I think that happens. I think, I think it might be something to do with what you said about the overacting, like overacting in a play is a different thing because it's on stage. Whereas when it's on film, it feels more aggressive and unpleasant. Certainly. I mean, that's a thing they always say, like when you're on the stage, like you have to act a lot bigger, you have to fill the room. Whereas, you know, if there's a camera right in your face, you don't have to do as right, much. and I think like to some extent that kind of goes for the concepts and themes and history that they were exploring as well. Like in a play, I don't feel like that would have felt heavy-handed, and I think it would have seemed really interesting and compelling. But in a movie, for some reason, even though I recognized how important the discussions we were having were, it just didn't feel like it worked for me. So, oh man, I just remembered also the brother who went full retard. Um, that like upset me watching it uh the brain damaged brother yeah uh i just like it was one of those like where it just the performance that t- also overacting that but doing it as someone who has like a mental handicap was like very uncomfortable to watch for me too right which i feel like on stage wouldn't have been again as aggressive because it would have like i mean they they certainly would have done something to indicate that this person was disabled but i don't think it would have required the same level of imitation that it does when there's a camera you know right in your face yeah however with all this overacting said i did oh, think viola, viola davis is great of course obviously because she is the best i um, think she should have been nominated for and won best actress as opposed to supporting yeah, actress she was in like every scene i mean i know that the studios decide who i, I read a thing that said that she, it was her choice to be nominated in supporting actress i don't know Maybe that's an appreciating Denzel thing, and she was like, "I was supporting you." I don't know, but that, yeah, um, and like her scene, her her biggest scene where she's like crying and ha- ugly crying, if you will, uh, snotting all over herself. Uh, that was uh, like it could have been over the top, handled by almost anyone, but that one didn't bother me. Whereas a lot of other really like super emotive monologue scenes did bother me. Mildly controversial opinion, I didn't love Denzel either. I know I just got through talking about how I don't think Casey Affleck was that impressive because his role required not much acting and Denzel's was like extremely overacted, but 
I wasn't that impressed with that either. I mean, again, he did well, but I wasn't like blown away. I don't know. I thought he was a it was a good performance, but like the character was so unlikable and not and like irredeemable that it wasn't there, there was no like redeeming quality. I don't know. So I didn't it was a good performance, but I think people tend to applaud that sort of performance like when when the actor goes ugly, you know. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, my one of the pleasant surprises of the AFI project, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? When your mom watched it, and it's like, hmm, not a not a flattering role, not a flattering role, not a flattering For Liz role. Taylor. Yeah, because she played like this angry alcoholic, like, and they like artificially aged her with makeup. And she was like, yeah, gained weight and stuff. It was just, it was like deliberately a very... Not supposed to be an attractive role. Yeah. And so, but people, I think people really over applaud that sort of performance. Or like, uh, what's her name? Charlize Theron in Monster. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that part of that was happening here. Also, that reminds me, he, he was pretty heavy in this role too. If we're talking about transformations. I was very distracted by that because it looked to me like he was wearing a fat suit. But when we got out of the theater and discussed it, my my movie marathon co-watchers felt that no he had a- he actually weighed that much apparently i missed some scene where and by missed i mean just like blocked out to preserve my eyes some scene with like flabby arm yeah he was wearing like a tank top and so it looked like it was all 100 percent denzel i don't know but his face was pretty thin <laughs> anyway i don't i don't really want to become like a person who talks about actors and actresses bodies and stuff that much but i don't know pat i think that's your that's your new role on this my, podcast yeah. yeah great great uh but anyway i just um we're gonna i'm gonna go back to you for some uh, fashion commentary when we get to the academy awards good luck with that uh so anyway uh i was between a six and a seven and i think i gave this a seven you predicted i would give it a seven i know you so well i predicted you would give it a seven I do not know. I feel like it's impossible to rate because, again, like very good play. I I personally didn't think it worked well as a movie, which isn't to say that the underlying source material wasn't good. So I'm going to abstain just the coward's way out. Yeah, that sure is. Okay, next is Hell or High Water. Um, so this one I, I didn't know that much about except that it was kind of heisty and um, that it, I heard from people I trust that it was good. And I was mistaken and thought that it was actually like Western period piece, but it was actually current modern day Texas. Um, yeah, kind of a parody of current modern day Texas, in my opinion. Yes, um, I did like it overall. It was one of those where I liked it a fair amount. I thought it was a very good and entertaining movie, but not like one that makes sense necessarily to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, didn't you say that your league particularly loved it? Um, no, I don't. I like specifically. I just remember Mike Huber was like, "Oh, Hell or High Water" was awesome before I knew anything about that movie. Um, so that's what stuck out to me. I don't remember what other people said, but but I just got that was an early recommendation for its quality. Yeah, I mean, I will say that I did not have high expectations for my personal enjoyment, um, and I did. I, it was it was good. It was fine. Um, I appreciated that it was a action heist thriller whatever type movie where it used um like the story to build the drama and like things like chase scenes or shootouts didn't feel shoved in just for the sake of having them there so i mean there was some like good pacing and all that um so i appreciated that i mean i do think the story was like pretty contained it had a lot of vibe uh that having been said i I don't know like kind of forgettable for me a little bit 
Yeah, I, I I thought it was a very solid movie. I do think you know I I think it's kind of obvious, but its claim to fame is the fact that it really tried to make the criminals much more sympathetic. You know, like they they really well, no did. one's ever done that before. I know they did, but but like they did make them very sympathetic and ha- give them a cause. It was like the gritty version of Blues Brothers. Yeah, but I th- I mean, and then this is the problem with nominating a movie like that for an Academy Award. Just right, a second, that- just a second. That was a really brilliant hilarious line and uh you just really glossed over it i know you've never seen blues brothers Um, you just wanted to point out that i've never seen but but i just it was fine i I haven't read much about hell or high water and i but i don't know if anyone's made that comparison before but now i think like uh copyright 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 bad polk uh give me all all the credit thank you uh i mean yeah i I just i'm gonna kind of just keep going yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah i just wanted to really make sure everyone noticed my awesome comparison no i just um yeah i think that by nominating it for a best picture you kind of like it's it's like fighting a bit above its weight as just like a movie that you and i rent on redbox and watch together i'm gonna be very impressed as an academy award winning movie i'm kind of like eh. you know what another comparison that is not just trying to be weird but like as far as the vibe but the grittiness, but also the quality, like, oh, that was surprisingly good for what it was. It reminds me of End of Watch. I haven't seen that either. We watched it together. <laughs> we red boxed well, it together. <laughs> um, tell, tell me more. Um, it's about those two cops uh, at the end of their watch. and uh, Oh, in L.A.? Yeah. Yeah. Note, I've totally forgotten everything about End of Watch. But, but it was surprisingly good when we watched it, right? I think and End it, of Watch was better than this. Yeah, and and so... To me, they're similar quality, and like that, that sure wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I'm still vaguely uncomfortable with the uh, Native American discussions that happened during that movie. I understand that they were trying to like be knowing about it, and were like not necessarily portraying Jeff Bridges' character as acceptable. But I'm not quite sure that they stayed on the right side of that line. I agree. Yeah, no, they they hammered like it was funny like the first time, and then they just did it like for the whole movie. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and so it was. It was. It was a lot um, of. Did I tell you what, veiled racism? Did I tell you what my coworker said about this movie? Uh, w- w- let me guess. First of all, I'm going to guess that it's your coworker who has like problems with prejudice. <laughs> and second of all, uh, so I'm, I I work. I mean, you guys all know this. I work at a legal aid firm, so a lot of liberal people, <laughs> very like minded generally. But we do have one coworker who claims that he is either. Uh, a libertarian or an anarchist and he he's basically ron swanson from parks and rec uh except not as funny and his name is ron uh and he told me that he thinks that we should show this movie to people when they come to this country so that they understand what america is oh my god he he grew up on the south side of chicago you did not tell me this (laughs) that's like what does that even mean my mind (laughs) I like, think, oh, you know a lot about West Texas, Ron? Tell me. Tell me more. Yeah, it was not a pretty picture for those who haven't seen this movie. It was not. No, I don't think he was trying to say that it is. I mean, I quite frankly, I'm not even 100%. I, I did not follow up. Speaking of this being a portrayal of America, I do think having seen this movie um, now after the election um, really did... M- make it more unpleasant to watch with like the you know it, it's about the beaten down white man who is poor and you know needs to do whatever it takes to uh to to take back the economy like whatever whatever means necessary was like extra depressing uh so that kind of sucked 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, this, so this would have been filmed and written long before that, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, again, like, it was good. It was entertaining. Um, Jeff Bridges is a, a charming man. Uh, I don't totally understand what Chris Pine, yep. Chris. That's, that's the correct Chris, that's yes. The correct, is it? Are, you, are we sure? Positive. Okay, well, I'm not 100% sure that he did great, but whatever. Moving along, um, yeah, again, just felt like it was fighting a little bit above its weight, but it was a perfectly enjoyable movie, better than I expected, um, did what it set out to do. All right, here we go. And so I gave this one a, a, a generous eight. Eight? Yeah. Oh, no. I think like seven, and I feel like that's maybe more than it deserves. I knew you would not think so, but you thought you'd hate it, I think. Yeah. So it was still a, a good surprise. I struggled a little bit when they did some of the like super, super West Texas jokes. I just was cringing a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm really, we have some big ones coming up. The heavy well, hitters. What's next? La La Land. Oh my God. Okay. All right. I, I don't think that we can totally pretend that we haven't talked about this because pretty much every time that someone has said La La Land since we saw La La Land, I've expressed my disgust. How, 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 how was that nominated for Best Picture? And how was it like going to win? It briefly did win, Jen. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> no, but like seriously. I, do, I mean, can you explain it to me, Pat? Well, no. I mean, it's just uh, the only thing I can say is, you know, Hollywood's obsession with itself. It was very bright and colorful and peppy. Um, but perf- it didn't do anything well. It didn't do any of the things it was doing well. Interestingly, I thought the one thing it did kind of well was film editing. <laughs> and it did not win. That's film editing. All right. Well, I feel like at that point, we're like really <laughs> slicing it thin. I, maybe, the, maybe the film editing was good. I'd have to go back and watch it again. I just, I, I okay, this one I went in thinking, I'm not going to think this deserves the Academy Award. I'm going to think it's overrated, but I'm probably going to enjoy it because, you know, whatever. I, I don't even, I didn't even really like it. Like, mm. I, I don't even want to watch it again, ever. Yeah, like, in my mind and my perception from our group, correct me if I'm wrong, was essentially for... Let's say five of the seven people. It wasn't even like a good musical. Um, I think my sister and Meg Collins did enjoy it. Uh, yeah, the thing was, this, like the songs weren't good song. Like the the background music was good. The score, if you will, the score the the Oscar winning best score. Well, fine, maybe it deserved that. I don't know. Um, but the songs weren't good. I didn't think they were good. I didn't feel. I thought John Legend's song was good. Yeah, except that that wasn't even supposed to be good. Yeah, like, it was supposed that, to be like, at that point in the movie, we're supposed to be like, oh, he's selling out. Yeah, it was like supposed except to be like that offensively was like commercial. One of the most enjoyable parts of the movie. Yeah. Ah, um, it, it felt like a really high budget, like fucking film school project or something to me. Like it felt like a really, really, really not fully conceptualized. I don't know. Well, it turns out Damien Chazelle is 31 years old. Uh, That's too old for <laughs> that movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't love it either. I don't know. Like, it just seems like, yeah, it just, I, I, I also thought it wasn't a great musical. I thought the performances weren't over the top. I thought, like, I'm not one to be wowed by dancing and singing unless it's, like, really cool. Uh, it just, yeah, just didn't love it. But I, I feel like I am perfectly, I mean, I'm not going to like, it's not my number one jam or anything, but like, yeah, sure. 
give me, give me a good. I liked Moulin Rouge. Like, I don't think that's an amazing oh. movie, but I loved it. So. I like Moulin Rouge way more than I like this. Yeah, I, I thought about Moulin Rouge a lot while I was watching this because of the whole like, oh, it's a modern musical and it's doing so much cool stuff. And I felt like. But. Oh, the other thing. So th- I thought the editing was good. The score was good. And the ending. Oh, yeah. The montage at the end. Yeah. yeah I thought that, that that was like the only good part of the movie. Yeah. I, I, I really did like the ending. I thought that was well done. Uh, and they they also maybe should be applauded, even though this is a thing that's too easy to applaud people for, is like they did not give you the happy ending that uh, would have been easy to do. No. Because like I barely believed those two people were in a relationship together to begin with, so I gave zero fucks about whether they ended up together. And that actually did undercut the montage at the end a little bit for me. I was I was trying to reach. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. And I, I mean, we talked about this. I think Emma Stone is charming. I think Ryan Gosling is charming. I think Ryan Gosling did better than Emma Stone did. And Emma Stone still won an Academy Award for that performance. And I have no idea how. Uh, yeah, I just like incredibly underwhelmed, very confused. Ugh. All right. Um, I gave it a generous six out of ten. You predicted I would give it a four. Or no, a five. Um, and I predicted you would give it a seven. I think I would give it a five. Woo! Five. That's rough. I think that is more than generous. All right. Next. So that was the end of the first day of our uh, marathon. Wait a second, though. In fairness, my sister did tell me that she thinks that this might be one of those movies where when I watch it a second time, because at that point I will no longer have the expectation that it's going to be good and I'll already know the things that are going to disappoint and annoy me, that I will enjoy it more. And that is possible. So I thought I should throw that out there. Yes, you can have Stockholm Syndrome with this movie. I agree. I think it's more likely with this kind of movie that it's when it's a light movie as opposed to like a heavy movie, I think it's easy to kind of forgive the flaws on rewatching. And it's also more likely when it's a movie your sister likes because you literally will develop Stockholm Syndrome because she will just keep <laughs> playing it on repeat until you give up your will oh, to not, resist. He's not joking, though. Yeah. Um, so anyway. You were saying Moonlight. Moonlight is the first one of the next set from the from the second half uh this one what'd you think oh, uh, my. moonlight was my favorite movie which oh wow yeah i did uh, not realize did you really i went back and forth a little bit after i saw it um because i i reacted more to manchester by the sea while we were watching it which i think is understandable for a lot of probably demographic reasons you're racist is what you're saying? um i have a baby and i probably can relate more to the plight of the narrators in manchester by the sea than in uh moonlight um so i kind of went back and forth a little bit on that i also think that where i expected to dislike manchester by the sea i expected to love moonlight so i think it took me a while to kind of sort out my feelings about it uh they were both very good but no i i, I do think i mean it's a it's a tight call because i was a little bit let and not let down. I expected to like Moonlight a little bit more than I did, but I do think that overall, it was my favorite. Let me tell you, Jen. I'm surprised to hear this from you. I'm not. I I, I am happy for everyone who loves this movie. I'm, I don't think it's like a wrong opinion, and that you know, like He's I'm not going to tell us that my opinion's wrong. No, I'm not. I'm just saying I was like pretty disappointed. I was expecting to like fall in love with this movie, um, and everyone said it was super awesome and. Uh, spoiler at one best picture. Um, I thought it was only pretty good. Uh, I thought the 
especially the the especially the problem for me was the third act being so disconnected from the first two thirds of the movie, and like it was it was tough for me to like like it when the the final third was so jarring. Yeah, I do think that there was. I mean, I agree. There was a bit of a the the jump from his teenage self to his adult self felt like almost beyond the imagination. Like, like it was hard to, yeah, I see. I mean, I think it was intentional. Obviously they're saying he like went to prison and became juvie. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done. done juvie. No, just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. Um, ju- yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, I think that's a defensible. Yeah. It was very, I did like the, like again, another like stupid artistic, uh, you know, superficial thing i did like the like the color palettes and like you know when especially when they like showed clips of it for the awards and everything just like you know the bright backgrounds the like lit faces everything was like really pretty about it in a of course like a melancholy way but i did i did think the vibe was well achieved yeah absolutely um but it just didn't do it for me as much as i hoped no and i think that um that i think also for the same reasons that i kind of have to take a few points away from manchester i feel like moonlight did have a point of view and a concept and something that it was trying to get across and it did that uh whereas moonlight or i mean a manchester by the sea kind of didn't have anything to say except for like it's funny when we say the fuck word the fuck word i sound like i'm 80 years old yeah you are which is funny because i swear a lot um no i mean also, I'm very tired. Um, I thought I was going to give it a nine, and I gave it a seven. Oh, I would give it a nine. I was really sad. I mean, maybe an eight, but probably a nine. So, good job, Moonlight, and congratulations, Moonlight. I'm sorry I didn't like you as much as I wanted to like you. What's next? Well, Jen, we've got Lion. Oh, Lion. Lion, Lion, Lion. What did you think about Lion? Um, I thought it was pretty, and it was mostly with a exception of a weird kind of muddled middle uplifting and Dev Patel's adorable as was the small human that played young Dev Patel um and it's kind of got like an Oscar bait premise I mean there like there's nothing wrong with it for existing I I am tremendously underwhelmed uh and additionally I thought it made some weird choices for like the middle 50% of the movie there were some specific things that annoyed me overall just I don't know like a six? Yeah, I I gave it a six. Um, it was, I felt agreed, like it was like a calculated to wring an emotional response out of you in the way that award-winning movies do. And so it felt just like kind of baldly manipulative. And I know it's based on a true story, um, but like the way they executed it was just very much like a standard emotional movie about family and stuff like that. Which in terms of like the expectation conversation that we've been having, I think when you are that like stereotypical Oscar bait movie, you kind of have to be like absolutely pitch perfect to not fall into those traps. So, uh, well, it was like a perfectly fine movie. I do think that those missteps made it feel like a little eye rolly to me at times. Yeah. Um, but again, like, like, cute little story cute little actors that kid was a freaking adorable oh my god um just nonsense adorable here's a fun fact he did not know english when he was filming that movie and he learned his lines phonetically what (laughs) yeah how old is he uh i think he's currently eight oh my god well that's adorable yeah he's super cute um he so also i'm not sure if he currently knows english like he was getting like yeah he was getting interviewed 
uh, by Jimmy Kimmel is like, did you see Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah. If he saw Hacksaw Ridge, like, I feel bad for him uh, for many reasons. But also it's way inappropriate for kids his age. Yeah, it's probably not, um, not the right choice. He was, yeah, he was super adorable. I liked him a lot. Uh, another funny... I think like, the real star of that movie was Dev Patel's hair. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good, it was good hair. hair. Um, and Dev Patel... Uh, I think this is a more outrageous not getting lead category uh, nomination than even Viola Davis. Yeah, I'm not even, I, like, I don't understand anything anymore. Like, if he's not the lead in that movie, then the movie doesn't have a lead. Like, I literally no one. Like, you could say, Denz, like, Fences is Denzel's movie first, and then Viola Davis's. But, like, for sure, Lion is, like, first and foremost Dev Patel's movie. Right. It makes no sense. Anyway, uh, that movie was only okay. That is our Yeah, part. that's kind of how I feel. Um, but for the, for people that uh, that is a like like I feel like my mom is gonna just like love the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, she probably will. It is also she likes very emotional movies. You know what else your mom likes? Mm. Sci-fi. <laughs> Transition to Arrival. Indeed. Okay, you guys. Arrival. You guys. I'm just talking to you, <laughs> Pat. Yes, Jen. I really liked Arrival. I, I, th- I think I turned to you in the middle of Arrival and was like, this is weird and I'm into it. And I felt exactly the same way. It I don't was... know what I thought it was going to be. I think I had heard kind of like middling reviews or I, I don't know, but I, I just was not expecting that movie and I enjoyed it a tremendous amount. Yes, me too. I thought it was going to be a much more straightforward alien movie and then it had a lot more interesting twists uh as far as like the basic structure of the movie itself and that really i mean if i knew that going into it it would have been not that interesting i think but the fact that they they pulled that off was really interesting to me and i liked it a lot and this i'm sad to say was my second favorite movie of all of them so i can't tell i can't tell if i'm being like a snob or something because the thing is i was just about to say that i think this was the movie i enjoyed the most and also so like why then am i not going to go ahead and say it's my favorite movie and this also was like by far the one, regardless of the final ranking, it was definitely the one that exceeded my expectations the most of all of them. Like, it yeah, that's definitely it was, true. It was much better than I expected. Um, and also, Amy Adams not nominated. Uh, I mean, I like I think she totally could have been, but I, I'm not like, oh my god, she was robbed. Like, eh. I would say both Amy Adams and Viola Davis were better than Emma Stone. Oh, that's true. Yes. So not, <laughs> neither of them were nominated, and Emma Stone won. Yeah, I just, I really liked it. And, you know, it kind of reminded me, um, I think the, like, slight weirdness and the vibe and the pacing, this is going to not make sense to anyone except probably you, but it uh, reminded me of the way that I liked, like, Only Lovers Left Alive or uh, Snowpiercer, where, like, it's not perfect, but it just, like, was interesting and went for a thing and had some mood and was well acted and I'm just into it. I, I agree in some regard. I, I, it's like I'm not quite seeing like the m- mood focus of that comment, but but yes, I I can see like especially Snowpiercer. I can totally see the the comparison. I just feel like I'm gonna th- I'm gonna continue like my mind is gonna continue to be pulled back to that movie as time goes on in a way that it's probably like I will never think about Lion again, just ever. Yeah, that's fair. So anyway, that was a super pleasant surprise, and I liked it a lot. Um, so next in the list of wait, what would you rate it? Oh, I give it an eight, and it was like a strong, it was like, it was an eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, I think, on that. You predicted I would give it a six, and I predicted you would give it a five. Uh, see, we thought we were going to hate it. Yeah, so way to go, Arrival. Um, I feel like more people should have told me that I liked that movie. You know what you did hate? 
I do know what I hated. You hated it so much. Um, Hacksaw Ridge, Pat has been talking about a kind of disturbing amount. I can I like I could talk about this for an hour. How much I, I don't hated this understand movie. how you can hate it as much as you do. Like I mean, I don't think it was good, but like I hated like every moment of this movie. <laughs> I know you really did. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge was nominated for many awards, including Best Picture. But wasn't it an interesting story? Yes, like the true story of this dude who saved a bunch of lives and was a conscientious objector is a cool real life thing that happened. But like I could not imagine a worse movie about that set of circumstances. It is hard to imagine it executed more poorly than it was. But like again, you know who you know who was nominated for best director is <laughs> Mel Gibson as if he executed this movie well. Uh, yeah, that's a baffling choice. So, but I mean this this was kind of one of those movies where like I didn't think it was well done. In fact, I thought like just about every time that they like just about every major decision that again you're taking a true story it's a war movie to some extent unless you're doing something crazy bonkers it's going to be like the narrative's going to unfold in a pretty like i don't know do you you know what i'm saying like it's 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 going to be they had they had the whole framework laid out right exactly and you know that they're going to film like some gory scenes and you know they're going to do some training stuff and like so i feel like they had very few choices to make Uh, major choices and I feel like every time they did make a major choice it was the wrong choice but because it was a good story and because it's a conventional war movie I still mostly enjoyed it and then like rolled my eyes a lot let's let's spend the next 45 minutes going over the things that are bad about this movie I don't think that that's a good use of our time what did you think of Andrew Garfield's performance which was nominated for best actor I think having watched the interview at the end with the real life person that he was trying to be authentic. And that was a mistake. What do you mean, Jen? <laughs> well, at one point you turned to me during the movie and said that you felt like he was, he seemed, um, what did you say? Simple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's even the correct euphemism for what you're going for, but yeah, he did seem a little limited, um, in the mental capacity. I honestly, like, it was, like, the first scene he was in. I would turn to Jen as, like, he's reading as simple. I'm getting, like, a Forrest Gump vibe. Right, and Meg Collins and my sister heard Pat say that, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that. And he was nominated for Best Actor. He, sh- he sure was. Uh, the religion stuff was, like, super heavy-handed. Um, the first scene when they're in boot camp... That was okay. That stuff was actually what was the most distracting to me because, like, the weird cinematography choices with like the water and the Christ like stuff that that was like annoying, but it was momentary and it was passing. But the like, we're gonna turn this into a comedy briefly thing, it was very weird. It was super transparently trying to copy off of the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, except they tried to make it just funny and so they had like all these soldiers that were one stereotype or another like when 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 that when those scenes were happening i i was in mild disbelief yeah i was just so upset but then like then that ended and it was a mostly serious movie from that point on no (laughs) they had like i I I mean it wasn't good i can't believe i haven't heard like more protests from japanese americans about this movie like i Oh, yeah, well, yeah. When the ritual suicide happened, um, I thought Pat was going to, like, get up and leave. I, If I walked out of movies, I probably would have this time. It was just the whole thing, guys. Uh, and, and it won two awards. It won two awards and was nominated for more. I would give it a five, but again, in its defense, like, I think that 
because it's an interesting story, because most of it's a conventional war movie, that it was very watchable, kind of shockingly watchable for a five. I give it a four reluctantly. I'm verging three, but I I gave it a four. It was so terrible. All right. So uh, how how about some uh, lady power? Yeah. Last but not least, Hidden Figures. Hidden figures is like exactly what I picture when I picture an Oscar movie. Not that I think that that movie should have won an Oscar or even really should have been nominated, but just like, you know, historical kind of a biopic, very shiny, very produced, lots of like high wattage performance, uplifting. Yeah, it was, it was like the counterpart to lion in that it was like very much targeted at like what you expect an awardsy type movie to be, except for it was on the like uplifting, um, you know, overcoming obstacles side of things as opposed to the depressing family side of things. But it was like the other side of that coin in my mind. Yeah. And I thought it was like, again, enjoyable, but just okay. Yep. Uh, similar. I gave both of them a six. I, uh, I was yeah, like, probably it was, it was good. It was peppy. It was nice. I, the music was fun. Um, I like the actresses. Still like Janelle Monae. Yeah, Pat does love the fuck out of Janelle Monae. Just adorable. She very much is. Um, It was pointed out by one of our uh, co-league members that the writing was pretty bad. How'd you feel about that? I didn't. It didn't jump out at me like it did to Abby. Um, I I way to blow her cover. Well, I mean, this is a podcast for fifteen people total. So what? Uh, Yeah, I I didn't notice the writing being particularly bad, but I I did just. They leaned into a lot of things that they didn't have to. Um, it was it was very like just set it up and 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 accomplish it over and over again, just like kind of going by the numbers. Uh, but but like the like individual instances of dialogue and stuff like were standard but not offensive to me. Yeah, um, looking back on it, I feel like it was a little bit muddled in the plot. Like it just didn't have. I, I think it was trying to do everything, and it suffered a little bit for it, but. Yeah, mostly I just don't really have any, you know, this yeah. perfectly enjoyable movie. Yep, I agree. So that is our recap of the uh, marathon and all of the Best Picture nominees. I feel like that was just not worth our or anyone else's time. Um, I disagree. Okay, well then what do you have next on your agenda for us? Oh, I just have so much, Jen. Uh, next is just uh, one one question game I want to play. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, who's going to be angriest at me in the John Rhodes League for not loving Moonlight? Is it going to be John Rhodes himself? Yes. It's going to be Bill Kalish. Is it going to be? Well, I guess I can't. Mike Huber. I have a lot more information than you do. I can't picture Mike Huber being mad at anyone. Admittedly, I know John. who will yell at me the most. Not necessarily well, be mad, but I imagine John does the most yelling. Period. <laughs> okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stick with john on that have all they all right. seen it not everyone but uh but what, a few what, people loved it what did you give moonlight a seven okay yeah that's not that high it's not very high um next i uh if you're interested i thought we would talk a little bit just about the actual oscars themselves the winner the surprise winners the not surprise winners etc um obviously we shouldn't go into extreme depth here uh, congratulations once again uh, to Abby for winning our little mini Oscar pool. Uh, condolences to Meg Murphy for winning the Oscar pool and then having it snatched from you when La La Land no longer was the winner for Best Picture. 
The Oscars were interesting for me this year. I will admit that I was having like a mild to medium panic attack about some work-related stuff. And also our baby was not sleeping very well. I think she was bothered by the noise and I couldn't really figure out why that was happening. Um, So I wasn't concentrating as much as I might normally. But okay, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a really good job for the most part, uh, better than many hosts and I can't even necessarily identify any specific missteps that I feel like they made. And yet I felt that the entire thing was like aggressively forgettable. Well, except for the very end. Right. I mean, yes. Everyone, I mean, the production. I thought, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a very solidly done job. I thought I thought it was. A, and I don't. But like, why? 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 Uh, Jimmy. I think Jimmy did a good job hosting. I no, no. I mean, like, so why do I? Why did, was, it, was it just because of the like mental state I was in? I think. That is a big piece of it, but also like even like a very well done Oscars show is usually not going to be that. Like usually, I think pe- we only remember the Oscars when they're like really badly done. Like yeah, oh my god, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I remember Anne Hathaway and James Franco, and also remember um, Family Guy. Uh, but I, I usually feel like they're more fun than they were. Oh no! I think they were fun. There were a lot of good jokes. Kept I think under the maybe candy part thing. of it is that I the the speeches themselves were only like there wasn't much that stood out. I feel like normally there's a couple like really either humorously bad or really emotional and moving, and I just felt like pretty much every speech was the same. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, the awards themselves. Uh, Kind of notably, not very many surprises, right? It was like all pretty of, by the book. All of the major awards except for Best Picture went exactly as predicted. And maybe that's part of it, too, is that there weren't any like upsets for people to be talking about. There were upsets in the technical awards, um, but not any of the upsets except for one that I predicted. So I did terribly, kind of, uh, in the pool. I went, yeah, I, I went against the green in a lot of the technical ones, but got the wrong, wrong one on the technical ones. And it made me very upset. Um, so let's talk about the, the most upsetting results. That's my, that's where I want to go with this. First of all, you were upset by the technical award. I'm upset that Hacksaw Ridge won anything. So (laughs) film editing and sound mixing are very enraging to me. You know what though? Like sound mixing, sound anything. I have no, I have no thoughts just ever. So I'm kind. You know what my thought is? I'm surprised that they still present that award in the main Oscar ceremony instead of the technical awards. I agree, especially especially having two different sound ones. But I do want to say, and when they're obviously crunched for time, this went like an hour over. Yeah. Um. So I'm really mad that Hacksaw Ridge won for anything. But did you know? If you listened, because you were tuning out, um, the guy who hadn't won in 20 nominations won. For Hexaw Ridge. Kevin O'Connell was 0 for 20, and now he's 1 for 21. He, he probably doesn't feel great about that, Pat. <laughs> he, he gave a speech about how his mom was, like his mom said oh, to win yeah, an he Oscar, was that guy. and his mom was dead. Yeah, that was Because cute. he's been nominated 21 times. Well, if his performance is usually on par with his performance in Hacksaw Ridge, maybe that's why. That yeah. keeps happening to him. Uh, the other, oh, another hilarious thing is that uh, Suicide Squad won makeup and hairstyling. I... Haven't seen Suicide Squad or A Man Called Ova or Star Trek Beyond, so I'm not in a at all qualified position to comment on the quality of the makeup and hairstyling. And I know this joke has been made a thousand times, but it is hilarious that Suicide Squad is now officially an Oscar-winning movie. Yeah, I mean, but that happens a lot where random blockbustery or whatever movies sneak in on stuff like that. 
How many Academy Awards did La La Land actually end up winning? It was nominated for 14. Um, Let's look. Turns out I miscounted and what I said was five, but the real answer is six. Six wins for La La Land. Out of 14. Two of those were music. Yes, ma'am. I can't believe City of Stars. Yeah, that was the next one I was going to complain about. City of Stars won for best song. There were um, two La La Land songs nominated for best original song. And I have no objection to the score winning, by the way. Me neither. I thought the score is actually good. Um, but uh, I was pretty upset that, that City of Stars won. It, it, I didn't like it in the movie. Um, I, I didn't think, I'm sorry, my boy, you, you weren't the best singer in, in the movie itself. But then even at the ceremony, they had John Legend perform it, which was better. But it still wasn't a good song. still not a good song. Uh, I, I think we should talk about the category that you're probably the most upset about. Are you talking about live action short? I totally am talking about live action short. So I, um, we watched we, we watched them all. We watch the the live action shorts and the animated shorts every year because we really like watching movies before the Oscars and shorts. Um, and so all of the shorts, except for one, were pretty bad and boring. Um, all of them were in a foreign language, which is a funny thing because apparently the Amazon version doesn't have subtitles, which seems like a real problem. Um, it but got, the- it got one star. There was precisely one correct answer for best short, and that oh, was that was time code. That is unfair. There were the with the with lady in the flag. That was good too. La femme et la TVG, I think you mean. That's exactly what I meant. Uh, so okay, time code is an adorable little short about security guards doing modern dance on closed caption uh, closed circuit cameras and and flirting with each other and then becoming dance partners and it was adorable i feel like if everyone in both of these podcasts watched the live action shorts that the consensus would be that time coach should win i think you are you're preaching to the choir i would say at best sing was the fourth uh, the third best of four nominated shorts sing was about kids in a school getting yelled at by a mean teacher for not singing well enough so they had to mime it I was thinking about why it won and I was thinking maybe because it had like a complete narrative arc. Like, you know, it it it, it, it really was just like a mini movie, you know, it had a villain and it had like illusion and I don't know. It yeah, it was a mini movie, I suppose. Like but maybe I mean, that's appealing to the Academy viewers or um, voters. I thought La Femme et la Tevegie was the second best one. It was about a lady who loved a train, um, and had a bakery. And then I like your summaries. And then the last one was Enemies Interniers, which was like about being interviewed about terrorism. And that was the consensus winner beforehand. And that I think was my that least... would have been my last choice. That was my least favorite. And you forgot one. Oh. You don't remember which one you forgot, do you? I'd have to think about it. Hmm. Um, it was the one about the refugee. Oh, yes. Um, what's that one called? It's called the is the name of a song. I can't believe you remember the names of all of these. Anyway, that one was also not memorable for me. Um, Obviously, because and that guy like that was one where it was like kind of pull, pull, tugging at your heartstrings. But then that was another one where the guy was not like a likable guy in a lot of ways. Is this like a new thing for you? I can't remember you being so concerned with the likability of the protagonist. Well, if it's, character. I mean, if it's like a thing that is like part of the point of it, you know, then it can be okay. But just like it didn't, we were supposed to be pulling for him and I didn't really care. Anyway, so live action short was the most upsetting result of the night. Um, but the most. So why didn't it bother you that Casey Affleck was the worst human? Because he was 
actually like he wasn't though. Like they actually did try to have him have some redeemability with it, with like going through that whole thing about his family and also trying to take care of the kid. Um, like he was causing the fact that he caused. I'm gonna have to do multiple timestamps now. <laughs> All right, no, no, just stop. Uh, but yeah, I I think that he was a bad dude who made bad mistakes, but he they did try to make him redeemable, and he was somewhat sympathetic. I thought the refugee guy was also sympathetic. But he was cheating on his wife. He was in a Spoilers <laughs> for whatever the name of that short he was. was. <laughs> he, was in a, he was in a tough spot, very far from home, very sad. Cheating on his wife. Oh, geez. I didn't know you were such a hardliner on infidelity. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the main the thing that people talk about with this Though this whole ceremony, the whole Oscars will forever be overshadowed by the best picture situation. So first they announced La La Land. About three minutes later, they actually announced Moonlight. Um, that did actually swing our Oscar pool, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's more likely to happen in our Oscar pool because we weigh the categories um, by importance. So it was the, the biggest point swing of the day. But, uh, but that was just a whole crazy thing. What do you think, Jen? The debacle, I had pretty much already gotten up to go to bed because it was approximately two hours past my bedtime. Um, and I heard Megan and you saying that something was going on. And I came back in the room just in time to see La La Land guy be like really aggressively like, no, Moonlight, you have won. What bothers me about that is after the fact, I've heard like no less than three or four different people, several of them podcasters. I think I read an article about it and I heard a coworker commenting on about like what a class act he was like, because his other options were what, like he's supposed to throw a fit on stage and we're like applauding him. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like he did like the only thing he could do, which was like, no, this is a mistake. You guys come up here. I mean, he gave that like little speech about how he's like happy to hand it to his friend. I, I don't know. Everyone seemed super impressed with him. Did I miss something? I mean, I think he, Handled it as well, like, literally as well as he could have. Right, though, you sure. Know? But, like, like... Like, obviously it would have been completely inappropriate to, like, pout about it and yell and, like, be a brat. But, like, he, he did it as well as he could in that very difficult situation. I agree that it's been overstated. I've seen some people complain about how there's been more talk about how he handled that than uh, talk about Moonlight actually winning Best Picture. Yes. Um. So, yeah. I, I think... I, yeah, yes. And... Yes. Ugh. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. But... but yeah, it was actually just your sister who noticed it, um, and she was like, something's going on. There's a lot of envelopes. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was busy because, again, we had the Oscar pool going, and I have this sweet, sweet, sweet automated spreadsheet. So Pat was nerding out. I had pretty much gone to bed. Gary had have you reporting their coats on. And then Megan realized something was going on, and then they did that, and we're like, we have to rewind it, and we watch it again. Um, that was a good story, Pat. <laughs> It's a really angry look you just gave me. Why don't you describe it for our listeners, Jen? <laughs> it's like a little murdery, like 5% kidding and like 95% murder. This is a very high percentage murder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm exaggerating a little. Okay, well, thank you for this lovely recap. There's one last thing we have to take care <laughs> no, of, Jen. No, we can keep talking about it. No, actually, I was finishing. I that was it. I, I uh, have one thing. I, no, but so like... I want to know what happened there with uh with Clyde, what's his name? <laughs> with Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Uh, like, you don't know what happened. You didn't hear he about. He opened it? it and it said Emma Stone 
La 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 Land. Land. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. So he's just like, hey, Bonnie. Yep. And she didn't hesitate at all and just went for La La Land. Yeah, because I've read about this and I also listened to some podcasts. Um, You guys know I still, unlike most of the uh, PPR, I still listen to Bill Simmons and he had Jimmy Kimmel on. uh, And so Jimmy talked about it. Uh, as well so he had the inside scoop so yeah pretty much i think what happened was faye dunaway just thought that warren Beatty was goofing because of that pause and the delay and the quizzical look so she was just like cut it out let's just get it over with so she was just in an she was eager to just call it so she didn't even really notice what anything was wrong but isn't Emma Stone written much larger than la la land yes yes it is so she had to have seen that Probably she is very old. It is <laughs> the lighting is probably right. mostly from the front, so the the card was probably. I mean, like, it's not like they were given the wrong envelope. It's obviously not their fault. It just seemed like a strange reaction to be like, "Oh, that's a confusing thing written on the card." Well, I sure better just make a judgment call. Exactly. Um, yeah, that that is crazy that it happened. And she so as another thing that was pointed out in the Jimmy Kimmel uh, interview. So you know, Warren Beatty thought it was weird. Didn't read it threw her under the bus, gave her the uh, the uh, task of reading the wrong thing. Uh, and she she was really the one who pulled the trigger. Uh, he stuck around to explain the situation when they were trying to straighten out. And she was gone. She was like <laughs> off the stage, like fleeing. Which uh, is where I would have been. Pat. Yeah. So that was re- really funny to me. Um, also, yeah, my, my recollection, I haven't wa- I mean, I only watched it once that night, so I could be wrong. But uh, I, I feel like he was like, he kept trying to get to the microphone to explain. And people like just were like, no, Warren, step back. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't. I don't recall either if he took a lot of attempts, but but he did. And also, I heard that he clung like a like a death grip to both envelopes to prove his point. Like he was like, "This is like I would have." Yeah, he's like, "This is my evidence. I didn't do it. Uh, I have these two envelopes. They're real." Also, so this is totally unrelated. Uh, I mean, not totally, but I have a I have a coworker who's a little bit intense, a former coworker, and we apparently had a rodent in one area of our office building and she found mouse droppings on her desk and it was like her first week at prairie state and again really high strung so apparently she was worried that people would think she was making it up so she saved the mouse droppings nice (laughs) which is like just the most like i i know lawyers are intense type a like need to prove it types but just the fact that it could even occur to her that someone would think she was making up a rodent infestation and that she felt that she needed to save the mouse droppings. Yeah, that is, that is intense yeah. for sure. No, but in all seriousness, I, uh, I, if I were Warren Beatty, I would too. Yeah. Um, what else did I learn? Uh, so there was supposed to be one last bit of Jimmy Kimmel making fun of Matt Damon. So he was, so Jimmy Kimmel was sitting in the, the Matt audience. Damon mocking and the Matt Damon reaction to the Matt Damon mocking. I thought was really well done as always. Yeah. I think it's a, it could have been overdone, but I thought it was, it's a funny running gag that's gone on forever. And I think it was really funny. So I was he actually was, about to ask that. I, I bet there are some people that think it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? I can't believe they're still doing this. Yeah. But I, I like it still. Um, but so anyway, he was sitting in the crowd next to Matt Damon like ready to do one last bit about it. Um, he was going to say like, Oh, that's interesting. Like uh, the, the writer of the screenplay run best screenplay and uh, Casey Affleck won best actor. So like, you're the only one affiliated with this movie. You didn't win an award. Cause he was one of the producers of uh, Manchester by the sea. And so he's like, Oh, that really sucks. Cause he, he just likes ribbing him for not winning stuff. Um, but so he's sitting can you, here. Can you explain that more? <laughs> 
I don't understand why that wasn't even that much explaining. <laughs> I mean, come on, we all know the Matt Damon, Jimmy Kimmel thing. Anyway, um, so but then he's like, oh, something's going on. I need to run back on stage. So he didn't get to do his bit, uh, and he had to intervene in all the chaos. I think the reason that it worked as well as it did, even though it's been done so much, is because he was taking some like actually really hard jabs at him. Yeah. And Matt Damon was like still reacting really well. Yeah. So it wasn't just the same old like, oh, we don't have time for Matt Damon. It was like yeah. <laughs> making fun of him for the China Wall movie. And for We Bought a Zoo. We Bought a Zoo. Uh, and Matt Damon just took it. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the excessive candy stunt? I remember a couple of years ago it was Neil Patrick Harris with like the magic box and it just like kept happening over and over and we were all just like, stop it, just stop. We don't care. I thought the candy was fine. And also Jimmy Kimmel said one of his strategies was uh, for all future award shows or whatever he has to do, he wants to keep his audience fed because they turn on you if they aren't fed. Uh, and so it was part partially not just a joke, but actually trying to feed them. Yeah, I mean, he seems like, incredibly he seemed incredibly self-conscious about the um, entire situation he's genuinely very funny i thought the fact that he went mean really worked for him yeah um i, th- I thought it was fine they did it a few too many times um the main obviously the main complaint uh was the tour bus situation that was oh my god i blocked pretty, that out yeah poor gary and yes to- so that no that's a, that's more of an example then of the like neil patrick harris magic stunt than the candy like you know what i mean like an elaborate like yeah pranky like late night thing that they bring to the award show and i don't understand why they keep doing it and it turns out uh, gary from chicago just got out of a 20-year prison stint on thursday and then that he was, was the the first guy the main guy that would like not put down his phone yep and also I, the reason why they wouldn't put down their phones is because um samsung or something is like a sponsor and so they gave them all samsung phones claiming that they were um doing a market research thing because they didn't want to have them like holding up iphones so they they handed them all brand new phones in cases so you couldn't see the branding but so that's why they all had phones and were playing with them is because they just got handed a brand new phone that makes it much worse yeah um yeah the whole thing was uh that thing was dumb the tweet thing was a little beyond dumb it was like a little upsetting yeah i agree i agree I mean, uh, like, obviously, they all look like morons, as was the design. Um, but those, yeah. like, they just thought they were going on a tour. I don't know. I'm still incredulous that, like, it takes a certain kind of blissful ignorance to think you're going on a tour of the Codex Center the night of the Oscars. But uh, that, you brought that up that night, too. Like, that's what bothers you about this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, overall, I thought Jimmy Kimmel was good. I didn't think the tour bus thing was good. Um, and it was a good show. And the only thing people remember is the moonlight situation. And that is my Oscar recap. Was it the Bill Simmons podcast that we listened to, uh, where they talked about Denzel's reaction to losing? I thought that was interesting. Yes. Um, Denzel, apparently they think he's a very competitive guy and he had gained a lot of momentum in the, uh, the pre Oscar awards circuit and so he he really thought he had a good chance of winning and was genuinely pissed apparently when he didn't win i mean i i don't think he looked like furious or anything but you know he he wasn't like i feel like maybe it's been the past few years maybe it's been always and i'm just noticing it but it seems to me that there's like this increase in like excessive praising of the other nominees and of like always like being, you know, really excessively humble, acting like you're super excited for everybody. I mean, like, I think that's great, sportsmanship, whatever. Um, but he just, it, it didn't seem to me like he was so much that, that, it didn't seem so much that he was super upset as he just did not bother to, like, pretend to be happy for Casey Affleck. And he looked disappointed. Like, I didn't think he was, like, 
over the top or anything. Yeah. Um, but the point that was made on the podcast that I thought was interesting was like, can you imagine if they had panned to Meryl Streep losing and she had looked as disappointed as Denzel did and like what the commentary would be like the next day about like what a poor sport she is and all this other crap. That's true. And I think it's completely true. Yeah. But also she had been nominated 20 times. So no, I mean, that. like I, the, the person that was making the comments said just in terms of gender, like pretty much any actress, if they had done it, it would have been like, Oh, what a poor sport. Perhaps, perhaps. I, I think particularly Meryl like was in a, not going to get any sympathy. Well, I mean for that role, but yeah, anyway, anyway, Thank you, Jen. I really appreciate it. Are you ready for the last thing? <laughs> what? How? I told you. How? How is there more? I told. I kept trying to get to this last thing, and you kept on dragging on the conversation oh about the actual ceremony itself. The last thing, as requested specifically by John Rhodes. Oh yeah, you're gonna ask me about like my fruit intake, or no? That was there was a thing about that. Um, do white people eat fruit by the foot? <laughs> Wait, the like fruit roll-up things? Yeah. I have eaten fruit by the foot. I think I was eight. So that's a no currently for you. No, not currently. I Do they still sell fruit by the foot? Apparently they do because John Rhodes was eating it at the time that he was asking this question. Anyway. Well, that's fascinating. The last thing is we have to thumb wrestle with live commentary. Okay. What? Hi, Jen. Pat's thumb is out. I'm here to thumb wrestle you. Does John Rhodes know that... <laughs> <laughs> Pat has drawn a little face, a little face on his thumb. Is it a happy face, Jen? No, it's a, I mean, it's kind of like a playful. Look at those eyebrows, Jen. Yeah, I see that, but I think think the mouth looks playful. The mouth was supposed to be neutral. I didn't want it to be too angry, but the eyebrows show you his real rage. Okay, sure. So Pat and I used to thumb wrestle all the time. John probably doesn't know that about us. I told him about our thumb wrestling history. He, d- he did not know this at the time he made this request. Um, so what's our thumb wrestling uh, situation, Jen? I won one time. How many times did I win, Jen? What's your actual... I wonder how close your approximation will be to my approximation. I think I went a little high, but not crazy high. I mean, I'm just going to be totally making this up. You probably won like 500 times. Oh, wow. Okay. I said 250. I said I was about 250 and one in our... But the, the best part about that to me is that the time I won, how like intensely surprising that was to both of us like it's you st- could not believe that it had happened it still upsets me we were in that bar the the pig bar the blind pig that we were in the blind pig yep i remember it remember anyway like it was yesterday i'm gonna unleash the rage on you jen <laughs> look at this angry thumb i just want to know why you get so much out of defeating me at thumb wrestling one two, two three, three four, four. I, I declare, declare thumb, thumb war, war. Jen is taunting. She's te- she's jabbing the face with her I'm thumb. I'm smudge your little eyebrows she's off. She's trying to smudge the eyebrows off. I'm just standing firm. <laughs> she just got her thumb wet so that she can rub the ink directly. Um, it doesn't seem to be having a lot of effect. Uh, she's she's not really trying to pin me. Uh, she's just rubbing. I'm going to make my you, move. What did you draw that on with? Just a pen. I'm going to make my move and pin her in a few seconds, okay? Uh, so do you have any last words as a free thumb? I'm mostly that I can't believe this is happening. Okay. Here I go. Moving. I'm attacking. I'm attacking. I mean, she's, I can avoid losing for a long she's, time she's if that's back. the route we're going to go. She's, she's pulling back. back. She, I'm, I'm, she tried to counter pin a little bit. She's trying to get on top. I'm not letting her. Your thumb is just so fat. It's, it's sturdy. It's stout. Oh, she's still trying. <laughs> uh, all right. She's, she's evaded me longer than average. 
All right. She just, she ducked I'm gonna, and weaved. I'm going to wear you down. <laughs> I, I will not. I am indefatigable. She's she's really taunting His me now. His hand is getting kind of sweaty. Yep. That's part of my secret of success. You cannot pin me because I'm a sweat ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm cheating now. Uh, she's accusing me of cheating. Did you, do do I, I need can to hear cheat? me. Do I need to cheat to win? Do I had to cheat before? I mean, maybe. <laughs> One. Oh, only got to a two count. Because I slipped out of your sweaty, sweaty mitt. I'm still going to do it. All right. Let's keep, let's keep the thumbs on the table. How's that? Well, that's going to be major later by disadvantage. <laughs> One, two, a three. A pin. She's biting my hand. I'm, I, he's lying. <laughs> you are so sweaty. Uh, thank you. Two hundred fifty-one and one. If you had a thumb wrestling persona, what would the name of your? I mean, I guess you'd be like the Washington Generals. Was that like a mean sports joke? It sure is, Jen. Those are the people who always lose to the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were a football team. No. They're the people who always lose. Isn't the Washington football team not good? The Bills. <laughs> <laughs> They're the Redskins. Totally not offensive name. Um, they Buffalo, New York. Buffalo Bills are a thing. Yeah. Aren't they not good? We were in a taxi once. And the taxi driver said that he was a Bills fan and just like talked about what a thankless existence it was. Is that right? I mean, am I remembering that right? I mean, it's somewhat true. They did go to the Super Bowl four years in a row and lose all four times. And then he talked about like his divorce and how terrible it was and how relationships were meaningless and how we should never get married. That did happen. It's a pretty good cab ride. Yeah. We really got to know him. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, I was, I was going for the Washington Generals, not the Bills. No. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I would, I would think like something to the effect of Mr. Perfect um, because I don't lose except for the one time. I mean, did John know that he was just like absolutely playing into your ego with this? He did not. This was a this was a stroke of luck and genius. Well, um, since I don't imagine that I will be talking to the PPRL PPRL listeners anytime soon, it was um, lovely thinking about you all. I hope that we all can get together again soon. Alex uh, mentioned maybe a law school reunion in the works someday. That would be the greatest. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, shout out to Alex um, and any other extraneous listeners who are yeah, not actually Yeah, Alex those. listens to this podcast. So, hey, hey, Alex, feel free to write in. Anyway, uh, thank you, everyone. I hope you had fun. Jen, again, hates this episode and thinks it's the worst. So tell her that it's better than no, she don't, thinks. No, don't tell me anything but you guys. Anyway, hopefully John will uh, be resuming his duties and I will not be a guest ever again. But uh, yay fantasy football, yay Oscars, yay movies. Yay thumb wrestling. Not really so much on the yay of the thumb wrestling. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.